Welcome, and thank you for tuning into Organ in the podcast of Ology Research Group, exploring contemporary social issues via data insights and change. According to a 2015 article found on the Flex Jobs website, 75% of employees reported not having enough time for their children, 40% of mothers were the sole source of income for the household, and most parents, almost three quarters of them, reported that ha- after having a baby, they would prefer to work full time again after the child is school aged. These stats aren't just limited to heterosexual couples, as approximately 700 of the 700,000 same-sex couples in the U.S., over 16% are also raising children, according to the Williams Institute at UCLA's law school. On this episode, we discuss some statistics of the challenges of working professionals attempting to maintain their careers while raising a baby, and toss around some ideas that could help couples who are currently, or will soon be adding a member to their families. We invite you to join our table. Let's discuss. From New York City, we have myself, Carl. Jasmine. And recording from Los Angeles, we have... Hey there, Casey. And Courtney. And in the background, we have baby Rose Amira, who is cooing and making sleepy baby noises. So she... Baby Rose! (laughs) She wanted to join the podcast, but she doesn't speak English yet. (laughs) She's the ambiance. She's the ambiance. All right. Jasmine, take it away. Recently, Carl and I both became parents, and it's been eight weeks of learning how to balance everything because your whole lifestyle changes. And we thought that this would be a really cool episode to just discuss about some of the, you know, some of our experiences and then looking also too at what's going on Um nationwide and i know that in the in the states we usually have um seven it's like seven weeks like most states give you seven weeks of parental leave paid and then an additional weeks that you can take unpaid or or whatnot and so sometimes you're also able to use um vacation in addition to that uh, compared to our countries nationally where you could take a year off or so or two to be with your with your child and so it's really interesting to see um the dynamic in in nationwide and then also like within um international perspective as well um for me it was i knew that i wanted to be with the baby for at least like four to six months but then i was also looking at what you know how like i have to pay student loans i have to do this i have to do that so is six months um reasonable and also insurance um some depending on your employer if you if you're not being paid you also lose your insurance so that's important for for new parents to think about as well like if they're thinking about taking unpaid leave um you know you might lose your insurance um depending with your employer so those are all factors that come into play and so I knew that I could take four months and I could still have my insurance and do all this, um, you know, be, be able to spend time with her. So that was a, a priority for for me. And the the following things just come into place, like coming up with like once the baby arrives, making sure that you have a support system with you is very important because you as new parents, you might, you know, everything is going to it's it's brand new. You don't know. You're not going to have time for yourself. You barely are going to have time to brush your teeth, to take a shower um, in the first two weeks. Once you get a hang of it, I mean, of course, you know, you'll you'll create a schedule and that will be helpful for you and the baby because you'll be able to be like, OK, this these are the feeding times. 
Um, but the first two weeks are the most chaotic because the if it's a newborn baby, their stomach is really tiny, so they're gonna have to feed constantly every hour. And so you're you know those two weeks are crazy because you're trying to figure out how am I gonna eat and then sleep and do all this, but you make it happen. So I think you just for, eat while she's eating. You can, yeah. Um, and luckily, <laughs> I've been my my mom was feeding me while I was feeding the baby, and Carl feeds me while I feed the baby, and so you kind of just you need like a village. Um, you do because you if you, I mean, it's really you kind of try to find that balance. Um, but yeah, you're right. It is. It was weird because like my mom's like, here, eat, eat. You need to eat too, and I'm like, oh, I need to feed the baby. Mm-hmm. But then. You know, and especially too thinking about how you're gonna feed the baby. If you're you're gonna be using formula, or you're gonna supplement and do both. You're gonna do breastfeeding. Um, so thinking about all those things, because um, then your schedule will change as well, because your lifestyle changes as well for those couple um, of months or a year. Some some mothers decide to breastfeed for over two years, which is like nationally like what's recommended. But you know, those moms, I think they have a lot of time to be with the, with your baby. And so it's you're able to bond with them longer versus like um, here in the States where if you're mandated to go back to work, there's only so much time once you start going back into work. From my colleagues that I've talked to, they said that pumping becomes like slavery. Like, you know, you're, <laughs> you're like, oh, I need to go to this meeting, but oh my God, I have to pump. And so you're, you know, there's, there's this, there's all these different factors that come into play. So finding that flexibility for yourself and being realistic too with the baby. And yeah, so those are just like some highlights or some observations that I've made, but I'm, I have more to share throughout the episode as well, but I just wanted to give that little narrative to our listeners um, and share with the team as well. What are what are your thoughts about um, just you know thinking about becoming working parents in the United States and what have you seen from your colleagues or you know what you've experienced? Uh, I would say personally, I've always wanted kids. Like it was like a milestone of mine. But at the same time, as now I'm getting closer to actually having a kid, I think I'm having an internal freakout session, to be perfectly honest. Because I think there's this show called Working Moms on Netflix. It started in Canada. I love that and show. It's like, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was great. It's, it's about this mom who went on maternity leave and she just came back and she had her baby and her baby was sick. Like, like she had to do all these things that were so it felt real to like a day to day if I were to do it myself, like it seemed just very stressful because like she wanted to be at home, but she also wanted to be at work. She wanted to travel, but she also wanted to be with her husband and her kids. Like she was looked down upon for like stepping out of meetings because she had to talk to her kid or like because she wasn't around during maternity leave, like hit me hard. It was to me, it was really sad. And I was like, is that what it's going to be like? That sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I feel like as I get closer, it's forcing me to be like, I need to talk to a lot more people of how they're balancing this because watching this by itself and hearing people how they're juggling things almost makes it sound impossible as like a modern day working person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, usually you have a lot of support. Like if you have, um, you know, relatives around or something, having that support is very important. And even talking mm-hmm. to people too, like a lot of moms. But it's not just having relatives around. It's also having 
relatives commit to be able to help with certain parts of it so it's like Mm -hmm. okay you know uncle or aunt right if you're gonna commit to picking up the baby every day from daycare at three and staying with the baby from three to six then i can do my thing from eight to six and as long as you can get like that that same level of commitment and you know you know some some families are like that where they all kind of like pitch in like you know, village style, right? To help out with, with like babies and stuff like that. Some families don't or can't, but, um, getting that commitment from, uh, family is also pretty important. Or, or you, you know, you can always like hire a nanny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always important. And it's okay for you to think about like, you're going to need to hire some help. And that's, that's okay because you're, you're giving somebody a job and they love doing what they're doing. Uh, you know they they're they're trained and certified in what they do and and it's and that's one of the most important things like recognizing that you need help you know if you need to do your own things as well you can still find that balance but every um process is different so your process will be different my process will be different um but it is good to to start thinking about it which i'm glad that you're thinking about that too just seems insane. I have so much respect for the both of you because you maintain a perfect outside exterior. <laughs> well, I know it's probably super crazy on the interior. <laughs> yeah, and 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 just to kind of flag this for everybody, we're still not back at work yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's kind of like an impending thing that we're gonna have to deal with once we're both working and then get it get a handle of what the day-to-day is going to be like once that happens and then i do envision myself because you you know we're here in new york so getting around is not as simple as it is in in other places so like if this were i don't know like texas right like we would both have our cars and then it's like okay i'll pick up the baby you 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 drop them off i i'll pick her up but here it's very different because everything has to be very calculated you know that in the morning there's less traffic and then in, in the afternoon you're going to have to tack on another 40 minutes. So you're going to have to rush at this time. You're going to have to rush at that time. If anything happens, there's like, you know, one of us will, will be the only person who can always go pick up the baby and stuff like that. So, um, you know, those are all things that we're kind of starting to think about right now. But it's, you know, I think w- we can probably have our own Netflix show. <laughs> once that starts to happen yeah and then daycare too like thinking about if you have if you're taking your your child to daycare or if you're gonna have somebody come and take care of the baby at your house um so those are all things to think about as well and then also in some cases you you also factor in what would it look like to take a four-year leave of absence also mm-hmm. and then you start to like apply like, I guess, statistical weights to each of those. There's like the financial one and you, where you can calculate which one is cheaper and which one is more expensive, um, which one results in a greater loss, but then also which one is most like, um, personally valuable. Um, I don't know how to, you know, what you would call that intrinsic value, right? Mm. I guess that even though it might be the most expensive or the, the option with most financial loss, it's the one that would yield more like personal benefit for you, I guess. Makes sense. How about you, Casey? You've been awfully quiet over there. I also know I'm waking you up by having these early morning meetings, so <laughs> I apologize. 
I'm just reflecting on conversation. No, you guys made a lot of really interesting points. Um, it's like once you have a baby, there's a lot of things you have to negotiate and what you want. Like something what Courtney was saying about the Netflix show, how, you know, she wants to travel, but once she has a baby, she probably can't. You know, like she wants to grow professionally, but once she has a baby, that's something that she has to pick and choose. So, um, yeah, I'm just taking all in. It's really, really interesting. It's just like reaffirms that I do not want a baby right now <laughs> for me. It's like, I just feel like there's too many things I want to do, but eventually I would, but just not right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's just a scary thought. I don't know. You get so used to living with a like a regular rhythm of things, mm-hmm. and then it kind of it literally is a whole new chapter. Like people move from jobs to jobs, and you're like, it's a whole new chapter of my life. And I feel like, yeah, I guess so. It's a little different. But then when you put a little human in it, it really shifts everything. Like it's not like you wake up, you go to work. It's the same type of routine. You're good at it. You're practiced at it. This is like a whole new skill set you have to learn from scratch. And you can't really mess up, which I feel like gives me internal anxiety. <laughs> I mean, what I can tell you is that, like, as a new mom, like, you just, you kind of just, you have that maternal instinct inside. And so you're, you kind of, you know, you, you the best thing is, like, putting a schedule. Like, yes, like a feeding schedule that has helped me find sanity because I'm like, okay, every four hours I'm going to feed the baby. So now I can, you know, the baby will nap. And now I have another two to three hours like that I could read a book or that I could nap or that I could go on a walk or that I could write or or do something. So I think finding that finding that all kind of comes into place. Um, but the yeah, the first two weeks, those are the hard ones. And so that's when a lot of women um, get really depressed because it's just you really don't sleep but i think one of the most important things like for us in our unique case is that we were both able to take off for parental leave and so that's really helped me too because i don't feel lonely like i don't and i have somebody to talk to because a lot of um colleagues Mm -hmm. it's like yeah i was just home all day with the baby and i don't talk to other humans so then you do feel isolated in a sense it's kind of like if you work from home and you don't really see your colleagues except on a phone call and then you kind of feel isolated as well because you have to, you know, we need that interaction with people. But there is like supportive groups too or like mom meetups and stuff like that or parent meetups. But in terms mm-hmm. of like, yeah, working parents in the U.S., like, you know, just they try to enjoy every moment of it. Um, if you have, that, you know, that opportunity to take as much time as you can. And then, yeah, it's figuring out, like, kids grow up really fast. So mm-hmm. so I have a question for the group because the, the website that I found this article on is called Flex Jobs. And it's it was specifically founded by a, a woman who had a baby and she was frustrated because she couldn't find a flexible job or, like, a website that could provide um, jobs that are, like, flexible enough for her to, to do her thing as a, as a mom. Um, I know a lot of people, like, especially millennials, they are... Um, sometimes given the opportunity to work from home, a lot of them would opt to work from home if they could, because it gives them the flexibility of working from anywhere. But I did see an article on LinkedIn, I want to say earlier this week that said, 
that um, employees that work from home are reported are reportedly being they feel lonelier than most other employees so they feel like very disengaged and like it's kind of like affecting their personality so it makes me wonder like if we know that um, you know mothers who are staying home with their babies without anybody else are feeling lonely already if the feeling would be multiplied if they were also already um, online employees what do you think Mm, I feel like I don't know if it would be multiplied because then you technically have a coworker, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your baby is your new coworker who's asking you questions all the time, so you can't get your reports done. Is that's what your your child if, is at that point? If they're talking, then yeah, they're gonna be coming in and walking, and they're toddlers. Or even like crying, I feel like like oh sorry, one second, someone has a question. Your baby just hungry, so you have to go stop. Yeah, mm-hmm. they either child. hungry, you gotta change the diaper, or you know they wanna they're bored where they are, so you have to entertain them. Nap time is done. I feel like it's more of a it will help your loneliness, I would say, because you could like theoretically talk to the baby because it's a human without feeling crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I can't work at home and talk to my lamp and not feel crazy. Yeah. Lamps are great. I mean, people, yeah, they even talk to their to their their pets too, and then the pets are like they look back at them too, because it's like you have like you know there's like a soul inside of everybody. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it would help more than it would hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are your thoughts, um, Casey? Since I also think maybe like depending on how develop the child so right now rose really needs you to do a lot of things but the moment she becomes more mobile and agile and can say what she wants that burden eases up so you have a different relationship Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i think too that as when the moment that she starts to be able to tell us when she's hungry when she pooed and peed and when something hurts that it'd be easier (laughs) Mm-hmm. yeah all right well we're now 18 minutes into the episode do you guys want to move on to the bottom line yeah let's do it mm-hmm. all right so uh, since we're like earlier into the episode i was wondering if you guys just want to uh, take turns asking bottom line questions and we can keep it brief sounds good yeah okay mm-hmm. do you want to take the first question Sure. I'll ask the group. So if, you know, you were thinking about becoming a a parent, what would be um, some, I guess, see, if you're going to be a new parent, what would be some, like, two things that you would look into in order to make sure that, you know, your, your lifestyle would be a little, would be a better transition? Since you're going to become a new parent, what would be like two resources that you think would be um, the top things to to research first or look into or talk to folks about? Um, I would say first is finding that support system that Carl was talking about. Like a tiny anecdote was I think when we were born, um, my parents were looking into a nanny and stuff like that. And my aunt got really mad because she said, you should ask me first. Um, 
So then she took care of us for a long period of time. So I think that would probably be number one. I think I'm lucky enough where both of my parents are self-employed. So they could probably help out more than maybe someone who's not, who has like a job that they can't take time off. And then I would say, secondly, I would talk to people about how they balance the anxiety of being away from work. Just for me personally, because right now work is my baby. And if I leave it alone, like I'll talk to my team and it's not to like pat myself on the shoulder or anything, but a lot of them like I stay because you're my boss, which is a great sentiment, but also gives me extreme anxiety knowing that if I went on maternity leave, I would be gone for like four to six months. And like, are they all going to quit by the time I come back? Like that gives me so much stress more than anything, I think, as I think about it. And it makes me sad because I'm like, I built all of these people. And once I try to have my own, they're all going to like disappear. (laughs) So I think that also gives me stress. Um, So just like going into that, having those conversations and like figuring out how other people handle it. um, Just as like a working professional, I guess. Mm -hmm. I guess I would only have one, which is I would want to have enough money where I would anticipate being unemployed for a year or so. So that way, um, that's like finances, one less thing to worry about because that's more security needs and concerns. And at least if you have that covered, then, you know, everything else is manageable. That's how it, like, I see more like a plan B. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're back from, uh, small Wi-Fi hiccup. My answer was going to be very similar to Casey's. I I actually think that there's a lot of people who just have babies for the sake of babies. And I think sometimes, depending on the circumstance, that could be like a very, I want to say like selfish kind of thing, because you're not really putting the child's best interest in mind. But like along the lines of Casey's answers, uh, I think planning ahead is great. And my top thing was going to be doing a budget and making sure that you have adequate amount of money to cover your expenses for the time that you're going to be off and make sure that the the baby's needs are going to be covered for sure. And aside from um, working on a budget to plan ahead for that, also considering what you're going to be doing um, once you come off that leave and you decide that you want to go back to work, what your current financial status is going to look like, um, how much of your, you, you know, what proportion of your monthly income is going to go towards childcare expenses and, you know, and also considering um, how much time you're going to be able to spend with your child versus spend at your job. If you do want to maintain your career as opposed to taking a, a gap in your employment. Mm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so the question that I have for the group uh, is considering that, you know, obviously being a working professional and also um, raising a child is, is very difficult to manage. What do you foresee the stats being? Um, you know, now that we know that we have lots of people uh, in the workforce that are highly educated, they're all um, anticipating getting um, careers do you do you see um, perhaps declining trends in interest in having children um 
I think that in terms of interest of having children, there's like a joke going around about like the media jokes that people like millennials don't want to have kids anymore. And millennials bounce back that they don't want to have kids because they have no money anymore because mm-hmm. they can't afford these things. And they just don't have time because they're working so much where now the economy is in shambles. So we don't have time to buy a house or we don't have time to have kids. And I think like as jokes, maybe, but I feel like all jokes have some underlying truth where it really does feel like that. Mm-hmm. Where if you want to have both or if you want to succeed nowadays, you have to grind. And in order to grind, you need all the hours of the day, which is why, to me, figuring out the balance between those two is frightening. Like, it's extremely frightening because um, it's something I feel like you don't naturally are good at because it's a new situation. Mm-hmm. So I do think it could go down unless there's like a pop in terms of where everyone starts working regular hours again. But I don't even know if that's possible, just given how congested these environments or neighborhoods that we live in nowadays are. I just don't know if it's ever going to pop to a degree where people are like, yeah, I can retire to a nice house in the suburbs where there's no property anymore. How the heck are you going to do that? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I totally agree with Courtney because every day I'm reading the news report about how, you know, is tougher and tougher for millennials. Just people in general, the work-wise, um, our salary hasn't changed in the past 30 years. So that means that, you know, like things are not getting better for the average workers and middle class is slowly being squeezed out. So that means our economic power, our ability to spend on luxury items or even have kids is that much harder. And then I just, there's so many factors saying no like I don't know like it just even like when I was thinking about or like do I want kids like well I kind of do but then I was like I, I need to be 100% certain because I, there's no kind of afterward you know once you have them <laughs> you're stuck with them for life so mm-hmm. like it, it's really making me conscious whether I want them but then I was like well if I do maybe I'll adopt because my parents adopted me and I'm like okay but if I do I want them pre-made because I don't want to deal with the baby part like how <laughs> much does that cost me then you now what do I need to do for that, that that partner like what like I, I need to find a mate who's in the same line with me and I need to like pay my student loans and like all these thoughts are happening it, every time I'm thinking about it I'm more like no having kids is actually not good for me and it's not good for that kid because you know any kid who comes into a family deserves to have a loving family, deserves to have you know fa- fa- family parents who take care and nurture them. So I can understand why it's like making it harder and harder for us who this is our prime time to have babies. I mean, I mean Carl and Courtney like this is what most of our generation when our parents were this old that's when they were having kids, you know, mm-hmm. and now like. We are not like um, now. It's becoming like a luxury symbol. If you have kids, I mean, you're 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 able, available to do it. It's like it separates. Literally, it separates you from at least I'm the last one. I mean, Courtney's gonna be soon, but like right now, you two us are literally in your own league compared to us in terms I feel of like, like development. I feel yeah. like that's opposite spectrums, though, because I feel like there's people like Carl and Jasmine who plan and there's finances and then there's people on the other spectrum who just like, oh, we'll make the money happen. 
Like, I feel like it's both ways. You know what I mean? So you either fall in either camp. And I don't know if that's just me making a completely nuanced thing, black and white, but that's the way it feels like. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, can you explain a little more on that? Because you make a good point. I want to make sure I understand clearly. I feel like, unfortunately, like, areas where maybe, like, abstinence, or maybe not even abstinence, maybe just safe sex is not really preached too much. So people go into it wholeheartedly, and then all of a sudden they have all these kids and stuff. And so you'll see families that have multiple children, but maybe they're not the most financially stable, but they're still able to make it work. But then you have people who are slightly middle class, like kind of where I would say I am. And then you have that anxiety that you can't afford it when realistically you probably can you just have to cut a lot of things because there's people in this lower um income bracket that are able to figure it out but i think it's just you determining what your lifestyle is going to be and what you want it to be for your kid where it creates like this flux between the middle of people who have anxiety people who've prepared enough to feel like they have enough financial stability to have a kid and then you have the people on the bottom who are like now we're just going to reproduce and let it'll happen because they're not really thinking about like long-term repercussions from it. It's just what it is, what it is. But that's just what I think from my purview. Cause I, I have people that I know across and there's nothing wrong with any camp that you're in. I just think it's, it's not always viewed as a luxury. It, it's just viewed as something that's part of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and then just uh, along the lines of what Casey was talking about, um, so I, I got curious and I looked at the real estate market in Los Angeles and it's bad over there too. So, you know, I, I would imagine that for, for couples that are, (laughs) what was that? It's, it's flattening though. In the next two years, I can afford a condo. But it's, 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 better price. Hooray. (laughs) I was like, I didn't know. I didn't. Well, I think that the real estate market is going to collapse, my opinion, at some point. You know, it happened in the, you know, in two, like in 2000, like this. I'm seeing some similar patterns that happened 2005, six, seven. And I think it's going to level out when once buyers um, are no longer willing to purchase homes at, at certain price points and you start seeing more declining prices then interest interest rates adjust and then just you know all of a sudden uh, home prices go boom um but yeah like i I, and same thing too in in new york city it's very difficult to be able to get something um you know that's what a while ago people would consider like a a reasonable amount in order to purchase property so having a, a child would also set you back unless you've prepared ahead for that or unless you're willing and capable of spreading your wings and moving to like a cheaper state if you know having a home is what you want you know what i learned the other day i heard i think it's pennsylvania no connecticut is where all the rich people live and Mm -hmm. then we randomly started taking like looking at zillow houses in connecticut and dang those houses are nice man i was like what maybe i want to move to connecticut but (laughs) besides the point i was just learning about east coast property during work the other day and i was like man that's a nice house (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah all right um does anybody want to ask any other questions casey to the group yeah i have one um something about what jasmine said earlier that really was piquing my interest 
you um about you know mothers like optimal time for mothers to be with kids is like the first three years to develop the social bonding and the healthy development you know that that trend of mother working has been increasing so the idea of having a mother staying at home to take care of the, the child like all the time is becoming harder and harder so I'm, I'm curious how that develops on the kids in the long run and i wonder if us being millennials were kind of the product of that because our parents had to work you know rather than like take care of the baby and i don't think they had a, such a um, easy paternity or maternity leave back then so like i'm just curious if it's gonna develop make the kid you know less developmentally healthy or more sociable or does that have like no effect and we're just making something a mountain on molehill where like the kids can like you know the the it's great if they have the mother nature, but if you had someone else taking care of, they're fine too. Mm-hmm. I can answer that first. I think it depends on whether or not you're a single child or you have another sibling that's close to your age that you can share that experience with. Because you you know you could be a like a, a single child, right? Being raised by your mom a few hours, your aunt a few hours, your grandma a few hours. Um, and then that child is going to develop socially differently than the child who has another sibling that's his or her age that is also raised with the mom a few hours, the grandma a few hours, the aunt a few hours. So I think the 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 child that has the sibling that can share experiences with and that can spend like time consistently more with that one person will develop like stronger social skills than the one who didn't. You mean so the more children, the better, like takes a village? No, I'm just saying that the the continuity of having one person be around all the time would change um, socially. And I guess I can I can also share there's a pretty big gap between me and, and my siblings. So as a child, when I was small, I was out, like I always had a little bit of a bunch of people as opposed to having one person who was around all the time. But if I had a, a sibling that was also my age, I would see that person or or just be able to share experiences with that person all the time you see what i mean right but like you had multiple people around all the time so that i would say you when you develop better because uh, if you look if you look to you and your, your, your siblings you were the one that's most well off so maybe having multiple people interact with you is actually a good thing for a baby because it, it stimulates their mental development mm-hmm. yeah it could Mm -hmm. I'm in alignment with Carl's statement about having multiple siblings because I think the reason why I was able to thrive is because I've had so many brothers and sisters to be honest I had my immediate competitor which was my older brother I had my (laughs) (laughs) and I think it optimizing no but you know what I mean it he there was that underlying thing where we always had to be better than each other so it always forced you to want to do better than something and i think as a kid maybe it might not be the healthiest of things because then you reflect as an adult and you're like maybe we shouldn't have been done like we shouldn't have been doing that but at the same time without that like tenacity to do that like you wouldn't have i don't know what else would supercharge you to want to do good at something other than maybe like praise 
because then you don't get like the self-satisfaction as a kid beating your older brother is like the best thing in the world <laughs> but losing to your older brother is also the worst thing in the world which is not actually the worst thing in the world so it kind of creates like a nice bubble for you to develop where you have something as a point of reference mm-hmm. because your parents are not going to compare you to other kids because that's not great but if you have your sibling to be compared against it at least gives you someone who has the same I guess constant variable of the same parenting <laughs> so it makes a difference um, at least from my point of view I don't know sorry Jasmine I don't know if you're going to say something yeah. from what my mom shared with me she said that she had she had me first and then um, she was planning to go back to work and during the I mean the time that she said she spent a lot of time with me and I had like I didn't have um, the fancy diapers. It was a cloth diapers. So my mom was saying that, yes, they're more environmentally friendly. Um, And then she also said that's what she could afford. (laughs) But it also um, was very time consuming because you have to constantly wash them and and do all this. Um, She said only when she took me out, she would use um, the, the regular diapers. But she said that when she like put me, she started to go back to work and she had somebody take care of me that I just started to cry and that it like broke her heart and then she went to work for you know a couple of days and then she's like i'm not gonna leave my daughter um and then from there it was like she made the decision that she was you know she was gonna take care of me until i I was um i think about like five or so and so she then she had my i had my brother two years later and then she was taking care of my brother and i um but she did say that once i was a toddler I was very like I wasn't the first born anymore. I was so you know it was then it was my brother, so I became a little um, jealous of my brother because the attention went to him because of course he's an infant, but you don't know this, and so like in the spacing of it, um, it just like now I'm 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 thinking about it too, which I'm so thankful that I have my brother too. But it's funny how like you know when we're little we get all the attention being the first born, and then. Then we have other siblings, little child, or it goes on, and you're like, oh, like now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the the most special anymore. But you still are special. Um, mm-hmm. And just thinking about that, I feel like it is important to have siblings. And if you are able to have siblings, that's that's a blessing, because it, you you share those experiences with a little another person. Um, so I think it's something that you know I would also consider as well, like giving Rose a sibling because she's, you know, I enjoyed it having a brother and I still talk to my brother every day. And it's actually cool because when we grew up together, there was actually a point in high school where we overlapped. And so as I was graduating, then he was entering high school and it was kind of like, you know, I was he was like oh you're you're a senior and you know i'm i'm a freshman and we got to interact and show him the library and do all these different things and that was that was at one point where i was like this is really happening like you know and then and you know instilling in him like graduate do this do that hang out here do sports so he did soccer and i would go to the soccer games right after school because we were there so i think that was that was something that i that i enjoyed um and i and i benefited from it so i definitely think siblings and interacting with other with other kids is important too because those are part of the the soft skills that you know they always talk about on the market like you know people um professionals don't have soft skills anymore and you know graduates don't have soft skills anymore 
um, which now they call them like they have adulting classes, even for high school students now. I saw that in the news. So that's how serious it is. Like they're, And people are now um, less conversational. If you see now, if you're walking in the street, everybody's on their phone. Nobody talks to each other anymore. Like back in the day, I didn't get a cell phone until I was 17. Like now, toddlers have cell phones, so that's very different. Like, Back in the old day, yeah, those police were calling. Mm-hmm. I had hey, a man. Beeper. It's a very important feature. When you got to get picked up from school, you just need to call your mom, right? Exactly. So you know, it was just in the get morning. My mom would day. be like, "I'm picking you up at this time, and I'll be out there." Like now, it's like, "Oh yeah, like if she's not calling me, I'm not going out there." So, mm-hmm. yeah, those are just, you know, some things to, to think about as well. But I think it is interacting with people is always a benefit. And it's a skill that everybody needs to do in teaching, instilling that very young at a young age to um, children is very important. Yep. All right, great. So do we have any final thoughts before we wrap up the episode? Mm, we can wrap up. Nope. Mm-hmm. All right, great. So now we turn to our listeners. What do you think? Are there any ideas for what you'd like to hear on the show? Make sure to drop us a line at infoologyresearchgroup.org and also check out our website to learn about our services to organizations and to individuals. If you're interested in donating to our cause, the Ology Research Group is an IRS 501c3 nonprofit corporation, so all donations are tax deductible. Until next time.